Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani, for a podcast special. We're joined today by a titan of radio in his own right, an associate producer on many of ESPN's radio shows, including the SVP and Rosillo, go Terps for SVP out there, Mike and Mike, and currently on the Ryan Rosillo Show. Before that, he was a fighting bobcat at mighty Quinnipiac University, and he's a man who once put Messi above both Gandhi and Mandela on Ask a Millennial segment. We welcome a podcast paisano, a fellow Romanista, Mr. Steve Cerruti. How are you, Steve? Wow, it's uh, it's quite the introduction. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, only the best for a uh, fellow Romanista and uh, someone out there on ESPN. <laughs> We're doing good here with Curve America. We reached out to you after seeing your Twitter photo. You're standing in front of Toti's iconic face in what I believe is the Roma store in Rome, because yep. I've been in there as well. Oh, yeah. So let's start it off with a bang here, man. How did you find our beloved Roma? So my sister studied abroad in Rome in 2011-ish. It was 2011, I believe. And I had I had sort of followed soccer from there on out. I, I grew up playing basketball. I uh, grew up playing American football. I was never really into soccer. Um, and I kind of started to get into it in the 2006 World Cup with Italy winning. And I knew who Tati was. So uh, when I went when I went to Italy and went to Rome specifically, then in 2011, she took us to a Roma intermatch at the Stadio Olimpico. And I was kind of at the time looking for a team to root for. And it's, it's always hard to, to, you know, when you're a new fan, because I have a lot of people at work who are at ESPN who are trying to get, you know, into soccer. And I always tell them, like, you just got to pick a team. That's how you're going to be able to start following the sport. So I needed, I knew I needed to pick a team and I didn't know a ton about it. And I was like, you know what? I know Tati. I know he was on the 2006 World Cup winning team. I might as well just start supporting Roma. So that's kind of how I, uh, how I went down that road. And, um, you know, in the last few years, I've gotten really, really into into the squad, and it's honestly become probably my favorite team to root for in all of sports. All right, so Toti becomes the another uh, winning another fan here. That's an often a, a story we hear with Toti uh, for sure. the past twenty years. That was usually how people find Roma. So glad to hear that. Love the photo. Uh, so you, you mentioned your sister studying there. I actually, that's how I found Roma. I've studied there for a year and fell in love with the club and the city. Um, your, your background, Italian American, you guys speak Italian at home, anything like that? Where, where's it go? How far does it go? I am Italian. My dad is a hundred percent. My mom is 50. So that makes me about 75. My grandparents spoke Italian. Uh, my parents don't a ton. They speak like, you know, Italian English and there's a few words that they'll say here and there, but it's uh, mostly English in our household, and it's funny because my my family is not a big sports family, so I ended up I kind of got into sports just by myself growing up playing different things. So they don't necessarily have the same love and appreciation for Roma. Although I will say I did go with my two sisters to that game in, in 2011. It was incredible, and they both uh, they both now have Tati jerseys as well. <laughs> yeah, all right. So we got three three Tati jerseys in the household. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Uh, where where's the family from in the old country? Are they from Rome, or do you know? Scattered, uh, 
some from Sicily, some from Naples, uh, from Naples, Napoli, and um, some from uh, some from Rome. So it's kind of all over the place. Very nice, very nice. And where did you grow up? Did you grow up in a big Italian? I'm from New Jersey, so a lot of Italian American oh, yeah. uh, from there. Uh, a big Italian American enclave where you grew up. Oh yeah, so I mean, I went to Quinnipiac, so I, I basically grew up with all the, the New Jersey Italians. But I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 from Central Connecticut. Um, big Italian population in there as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I think in my town, it had to be 50% or even more Italian. So, um, I actually grew up with a lot of kids in high school that were AC Milan fans. And that was like kind of the first time that I had ever really heard of, you know, international football. And forever, this guy that I played football with was trying to convince me to, you know, to, to become a Milan fan. And I was just kind of not really into soccer at that point in my life. And I look back at it now and I'm like, man, thank God I, <laughs> thank God I didn't pick that now because as soon as I've started, you know, as soon as I've started watching soccer, they've been horrific and Roma's actually had a little bit of success. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, coming off a hard spell here after spending a lot in the summer, but, uh, it's been a tough season for, uh, the Milanisti out there. Um, so that, that dovetails nicely, I guess, of just, you, you got some background with uh, Milan fans growing up. Other than being a Curve America podcast paisano with us, how do you find yourself following our beloved Roma and the Serie A? What what uh, what's out there that you like to read? So it's it's tough because uh, I was telling you beforehand that I I have friends with a lot of EPL fans, and I think a lot of people in the states are EPL fans. It's very easy to watch on NBC, and they always wonder, you know, how do you how do you watch Roma? How do you consume anything? I don't speak Italian, or, or, or I'm you know I'm I'm not fluent in Italian. I I know very little bit. But um, I feel like the best way to do it is, and it's funny because I had been trying to look for a podcast for a while, and I ended up finding you guys. Um, there's a couple other guys. I know John Solano is another guy, yeah. um, who's a big Roma. You know, he does yeah. Ro- uh, Roma Press. Roma Press. Um, so right. there's a lot of there's a lot of guys. It's funny. There's a, there's maybe I want to say you know a dozen or so guys that I follow on Twitter that are constantly tweeting about Roma stuff in English and. As I've over the years, I've just kind of found them through each other, right? Because they constantly tweet at each other. I think it's like Roma Things is one of them. Roma Rants, they're all super creative names. <laughs> Rossi's Tattoo, all these guys. Yeah. Um, and they're they're honestly the ones that I get most of my like opinions on and, and thoughts on games and things like that because it's it's a little bit tough here in the states. I mean, we have BN Network, but I mean, as you guys know, BN's sort of hot and cold, and I love the guys, you know, um, that that that, that work there and all that. I, I understand that they split it with the with the Spanish league, so. And it's the tough to watch, and the French league. I know I always forget about that one because it doesn't really count. It's like half of a league. Yeah. But um, but you know, uh, it, it is tough because I I'll, I'll ask my or I'll talk to my EPL friends about it, and they're like, how, "What do you do? Like, how do you watch the? How do you watch them play?" And you know, it's a lot of streaming. It's a lot of uh, you know, it's a, I, I'm on Reddit a ton looking for different streams. I'm on Reddit looking for you know different opinions on people's things on 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 the club and on games and things like that. And, um, you know, like I said, I found the podcast and it's been another avenue for me to kind of become more of a fan of the team. All right. Well, we're grateful for that. Uh, we apologize in advance for the crap we put out there, but uh, we, we, <laughs> no, it's all good. We hope it's entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. So so being uh, from Connecticut, I'm curious, Roma was in the States uh, this this past summer. Uh, we actually got to see them in New Jersey and Boston uh, when they played Tottenham and, and Juventus, respectively. Being on the East Coast this summer, did you get a chance to see them at uh, any of their venues? I wasn't able to. I was going to go. I was trying to go to the, the Juve one. Um, the last game I saw, I saw them play Liverpool at Fenway. I was probably, what, three, three years yeah, ago or so? a couple years ago, yeah. Um, that was the last time I saw them in person, which was awesome. Um, I mean, honestly, it was... 
it was, I think that was Tati's, I want to say, second to last year. Yeah. Um, and I think it was actually a terrible game. They ended up winning one nothing, which was fine. But it was just cool to see all those guys. But I didn't end up making it to either the Tottenham one or the Juve one. But the good thing about, I mean, as you guys know, about James Pelota, and I know he's sort of controversial, and I've... I mean, you probably know more about this than I do, but I know he's a little bit controversial with some of the fans in Italy. But, you know, as an American, it's great because it seems like he's trying to kind of grow the brand here. And, you know, I've, I've even caught some of their show. Um, I believe it's a, they have a show on Comcast New England where they do like a half-hour weekly Roma show. Um, so it actually is kind of easy to follow them in the States uh, just because of him and some of the social media stuff that they've done since the club has gotten since the, since, you know, he's kind of taken over the club. But um, I mean, I'm hoping they come here every summer because I'm going to try to go uh, in the future as well. We do too. Uh, it was great. Uh, honestly, with Curve America, there's a few owners in Syria that have uh, uh, connections to the States, Jimmy Pelota being one. Uh, so not only is it great that, you know, he owns our club, but, uh, I got to meet him just for a half a second up in, uh, up in, uh, Boston. It was a great experience. I'm with you, man. I, I hope they come every single year and they keep it coming to like, the East Coast. It seems like he's a pretty, I mean, I remember his quote, you know, they asked him why he wanted to buy the, the, the club and he had said, because it's bleeping Rome, I think was the, the exact <laughs> quote. Perfect. Which is awesome. I mean, he seems like a pretty big fanboy, and like honestly, like I know, like I said, I know he's gotten gone into some criticism about like different things with the club and and the stadium and all that stuff. But from a guy who's not in Italy, he seems like I mean, they've had some successful runs, and I know they're spending money and they're trying to balance the books. And like, I I really have nothing bad to say about him. I'm 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 honestly grateful that he's sort of the owner of the team. Yeah, no, we're we're uh, right there. We we just we hope that Syria considers uh, the North America as a market they want to uh, yeah. uh, tackle. And I think you're right. Uh, Roma and Jimmy Pelota and his crew are are looking to do that. So let's talk about his investment in Roma, our beloved Roma, top of our Champions League right now. Massive yeah. victory over Chelsea this week. We're also in the top five of the Syria with a game in hand, twenty four points and only seven behind league leading Napoli. The obvious question we got to start off with here, Steve, is how weird does this feel as a Romanista? <laughs> it's it's really weird because I was I was I heard you guys talk about the Chelsea game um, in the most recent pod, and you know you're expecting them to win. I I feel like I I almost never expect them in big games to win. Not that I don't have confidence in them, or I you know I, it kind of sounds depressing, but you know they they've sort of come up short in certain big scenarios they they love to be the bridesmaid and never the bride in Syria always finishing second but um i didn't see three nothing coming and when this group when this group ca- group came out i you know like you look at some of these other groups like liverpool's group is a joke with all due respect um there's a couple other groups that are just really soft and you're like wow you got roma atletico and chelsea in the same group like we're kind of you know we might be kind of screwed here a group of death um yeah <laughs> And, uh, you know, between between that group and uh, the one with uh, Real, BVB and Tottenham, I mean, you're looking at like you're like, wow, how did, how did these six teams end up in two groups? But anyway, I didn't expect three nothing. And I know they were playing well, um, especially defensively. That's I think that's the most surprising thing to me is um, from last year when they were just kind of like a prolific goal scoring team to this year. Uh, some of the steps that the guys have taken, like Juan Jesus, who's been honestly playing out of his mind. I, I, I didn't think he would be this good. And I was a little bit nervous with Monolos being out as well against Chelsea. But I, I can't say enough about how impressed I am with um, DeFrancesco's tactics. Because I know that was kind of a big thing that everyone was was harping on. Everybody loves Spalletti. And I think he's done a great I think he's done an incredible job with this team this year, especially with some of the some of the injuries that they've had. And I mean, another ACL obviously is is brutal. Um, and some of the some of the signings kind of not being ready or not or not working out just quite yet. 
Um, I think he's done an incredible job. And the only thing I will say is, as a true Romanista, you know, it, it, you got to get one point from these last two games to move on. I mean, I'd like to win the group as well, but you know as well as I do that you know you can't, you don't take any of this stuff for granted. I'm certainly not. I don't. I certainly by no means think that we're through just yet. No, that is uh, Marco on the pod last night uh, had the exact same sentiment of just you're you're lining this up perfectly for a Roma kind of ending, and and it scares it scares us to death. But that's I I, I envision <laughs> I envision us. You know, I obviously hope this doesn't happen, but I envision you know at, us getting beat by Atletico, and you know just the, just the Quarterback. pressure that's going to be on them to get a point in that game is going to be <laughs> exactly. unbelievable. It reminds yep. me of the Porto game last year. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. To to love a team like this, it it, it induces heart attacks. That's, I I never and I never knew what I was I never knew what I was getting into when when I first started you know rooting for Roma. You know, you're like, okay, it's capital city. They they're a big they're a big club. Like, okay, you know, Madrid's a capital city team. There's a bunch yeah. of teams in London that are good. They are. I mean, Roma is honestly one of the most difficult teams <laughs> to root for, and it's but but they but they suck you in because like they'll have these great performances and they'll give you the and their players love the club and it's a really obviously a really great club to support. But man, they break your heart sometimes. But they always keep you coming back. That's that's right. Uh, I'm I'm a Yankee fan here for baseball, and and I immediately when I started following the team, I'm like, well, this is the equivalent of being a Mets fan or a Dodger fan it's, or something. Yeah, you know? you know, it's just <laughs> it's just it's tough. But honestly, with the, with the highs, like when, when if they were to ever to, to win the Scudetto or or make it a Champions League run, it makes it all all that more interesting because you know they're not a usual suspect of, of that kind of um, uh, you know accomplishment. Yeah. Oh, it'll make it that much sweeter. Absolutely. So let's jump into uh, you know the the players themselves. You mentioned uh, EDF at the top. We've been talking a lot about him on the podcast. I'm I'm kind of getting uh, pulled over to his side. I was sorry to see Spalletti go up to Inter. I thought he's a great coach. He still is, but uh, I think you're right, man. With the tactics, why don't you start with the back? Um, I mean, Allison and and you mentioned the defense. Yeah. Who who are you liking here for for the players we got uh, this season? Well, Allison. He's he has blown me away. I mean, I knew he was good, and 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 even just watching him a little bit last year. But Chesney had such a good season that you're just wondering. All right, you're, you basically went into this year thinking you're immediately going to take a drop off because Chesney was maybe the best keeper in Serie A last year. Um, and Allison has somehow this year been better. And I think he made it. I mean, he did make a huge save. Uh, you know, last night in the uh, in the Chelsea match. Even I know they were up two nothing, but it's still if you give one back at that point, the pressure gets on you. And he and he's done that all year. And I mean, honestly, they've won what three straight league games, one nothing. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot due to him and a lot due to the defense. So Allison is is absolutely incredible. And there's no, there's, I mean, I know Ederson gets all of the the pub, but I mean, there's a reason why he's Brazil's number one. We we got to interview Allison, and just uh, for for him to be coming into this environment uh, after kind of being the backup last last year. I mean, we were hoping big things for him, but just he has been incredible. It's uh, it's really great, and the fact that he's Brazil's national team keeper getting yeah. into the World Cup, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, you know, then you look at the back line, and I you know we we knew Manolas was good. I was obviously sad to see Rudiger go. I think everybody was. Yeah. Um, although he hasn't had the greatest time at Chelsea. No, especially this um, week. Especially, I know, especially that everyone's killing him on that on that second uh, El Shirari goal. But yeah, you know, I I just can't believe how good how good Juan Jesus has been. He's been incredible. Um, Fazio has been has been you know we played in the back three last year, switching to a back four. Everybody kind of was like, hey, do you sell him? Do you what do you do? He's not really great in a back four. I think he's been incredible. Um, just the same. I think a lot of that has to do with EDF's tactics as well. 
uh, making him feel comfortable because, you know, obviously he's not a guy that's going to beat you with any sort of his speed, but he's incredible in the air and that's such a valuable asset. And then even now Hector Moreno in the couple games that he played, he looks, you know, he looks like a, like a capable, you know, starter in, in, in the Serie A. So they've got four guys who I think are, are like top level, you know, good starters um, on that, ba- uh, you know, at the center back position. And then obviously Florenzi is, uh, you know, as versatile as it comes um, and is probably, you know, now my favorite player on the squad. But um, and then Kolarov is as maybe the signing oh, of the probably the signing of the summer, maybe the That's, signing of the summer in Europe. I mean, he's just been. I mean, he's he's won them what? I think six points or even maybe even more by himself yep. so far. Yep, for five million. That's not too bad. <laughs> so I mean, and, and they always say the Serie A, like the, the the best defensive team wins usually wins the wins the title, and they look like that early. I know they're the, you know they had a little bit of struggles against Inter, but they you know I I'm sure you guys have talked about this. They they were the better team for sixty minutes of that game. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful going forward, and especially with with a strong defense, if they can get a few goals here and there from Jacko and 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 Parati and, and the company, I think I think they'll be right up there at the end. Because I think Napoli, I think everybody loves Sari, but I think, you know, they don't rotate at all, and it, it kind of blows my mind. And I, I wonder, like, you know, if you get into February, March, if the, the you know, a lot of those that 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 top three Trident is going to have tired legs. That's right. That's um, um, definitely a story, especially today after they lost to Man City here. Um, there's some talk. Uh, you mentioned Hector Moreno, so he's on the Mexican national team. We we met him and asked a question up uh, again up uh, in Boston when when Roma was here. Just hoping for more CONCACAF players over in Syria because we think mm-hmm. that the league would grow and, and uh, you know, really just to have more names. We had Michael Bradley with the team before Nangalon mm-hmm. came in. Um, there's talk now, you mentioned with Napoli, uh, Giuseppe Rossi. There's rumors of him going uh, over for Napoli as, as kind of a, uh, an extra forward so they can rest players and things like that. Um, how do you see, you know, Syria with uh, with these players? Uh, you know, do you think that uh, we we could get some more players over there in Syria with the Concacaf connections? I didn't even really mention that, but that that was actually sort of a big reason why I continued to follow Roma as well was you know Michael Bradley, mm-hmm. and I know he's another polarizing guy in in Roma circles. Some people think he was underrated. Some people think he was awful. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I wish – I'm a big national team – U.S. men's national team supporter. I was obviously devastated by the, you know, the loss of Trinidad and Tobago and the whole qualifying situation. But I think, you know, there are a lot of quality guys, you know, in CONCACAF. And a lot of them, like Hector Moreno, um, you know, there's several guys in the EPL, like Yedlin. Obviously, Christian Pulisic is incredible. Um, I, I wish a lot of those guys I – th- I think the problem is I think a lot of those guys like to stay – you know, either in in the Mexican League or or the MLS, and I'm I'm just happy to see guys like Yedlin, like Pulisic, who are willing to kind of test themselves in Europe at a young age, because that's you know that's what's a going to make the U.S. team better, which I care about, and it's just going to be really cool to have guys that are local that you know, whether it's from the states, whether it's from you know any Concacaf country, playing in in some of these big leagues. It'll just increase the competition overall. So. I, I knew a ton about Hector Moreno when he came. I didn't know, you know, necessarily a bunch of Roma fans did just because of, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the El Tree games that are shown around here. But right. I knew he was quality and I knew he had a great year at PSV. So um, I was excited to, to, and especially for the price that they got him at, I was excited to, 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 you know, have him join the club. But there are, you know, there's a ton of talented people in CONCACAF. I just think that, you know, we got to start getting them into some bigger leagues and, you know, getting their development up a little bit more. That's right. That's, we're fully on board with CONCACAF heading over to, to the beautiful boot. Um, 
Steve, you mentioned Toti. He's uh, your story of of uh, getting into Roma here. Let's go back last season, last game, Toti's last game ever wearing our colors. Where yeah. were you? How did it go down? Were you able to watch the game? Yeah, so I was actually in uh, I was in Cape Cod on a vacation, and I was watching it on my laptop, uh, streaming it from some website off of off of Reddit. But I, I was able to see it. I honestly think I had a heart attack that entire game. Uh, it would have just been such a disaster. I mean, that was that that game honestly summed up Roma in so many different ways. Oh, you know, right there, with like you. <laughs> you know, they like they're playing an easy they're playing an easy an easy game. They give up a goal to a sixteen year old kid. Yeah. And they're immediately, you know, and they're immediately down, and you're just like, here we go, here we go, and then they get one back, and then it's just a back and forth, back and forth. They break your heart, then they make you fall in love with them over again. And you know, honestly, it's so great that they scored. And I know Napoli fans wouldn't admit this, but it's so great that Roma came in second and Napoli came in third because I feel like Napoli's confidence would they were going to qualify for you know through the through the qualification stages of the um, UEFA Champions League whereas like Roma loves to struggle in that situation so I think it was honestly better for Serie A that it ended up finishing that way to get all three teams into the Champions League yeah but it was just so great to send him to, to send him off uh, uh, with a victory and then obviously all the um, the, the festivities and the celebration after and I mean not a, there wasn't a dry eye in in Stadio Olimpico after that one. Yes. Um, you know, handing over the armband. It was, it was honestly, there, there, I'm, I was trying to think of anything in American sports you can compare it to. Like, was it, was it Derek Jeter, you know, mm-hmm. hitting a home run? Was it home run in his last at bat, right? Yeah, um, got the single, the walk-off single. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, is there anything like that? But I mean, he was, you know, he was so obviously beloved in that city and, and it's not like Jeter was from New York, so there's really nothing like it. And honestly, it was just great to, to that Parati was able to to send him off with a victory. <laughs> oh my God! That, and for my own health, to be honest with you. Honestly, that that's you summed it up. That's exactly what my head went to. Uh, there's the first couple minutes, we go down a goal, and uh, boy, if this isn't what Roma does to you, man, this is Toti's last game. And nothing is ever music. Nothing <laughs> yeah. is ever. You can't take any game for granted, and it's just it honestly it makes it you know it makes it entertaining, but it also makes it nerve wracking every time that you root for them. Yep, yep. So uh, let's jump to FIFA, the video game. Big question: You got everybody in that game that you could play with. Are you playing with anybody except Roma in this game? So I'm I'm a big uh, like franchise career mode guy. Okay. So I. I have since started one with Roma. I always do a couple seasons with them before I do anything else in the game. I, I just like playing with the team as it as is um, and seeing you know how the schedule you know goes and, and who finishes where this is and that. But honestly, they're pretty. Roma's a, a, a fun team to play with only because they're so versatile. I mean, you can play three in the back, you can play four, whatever you want to do. They've got some pretty good attacking options. They've got some young guys. Their midfield is obviously stacked in the game. I think like you know nine goal, and I think is an eighty six. Um, De Rossi, you know, is a high rating. Even Pellegrini is a good player to play with. Um, so I honestly, I love playing with Roma. I think they're. I think honestly, they're one of the most fun teams to play in the game. I remember we used to joke with my buddies years ago. This is probably two or three years ago now when they had Dumbia, a Barbo, and who uh, Gervinho up front. Gervinho, and they were yeah. they were they were the sweatiest team in FIFA. They were that, <laughs> all the all the people that only you cared about pace would would use Roma. So they're not quite that anymore. But I I I think they're 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 a fun team to play with. It's kind of boring to play with some of the best teams too because it's, it's never fair. You know what I mean? You want to play with like a team that has some character to it. it. Isn't like you know you don't have a bunch of nineties on the on the roster so. They're a good. They're a good squad to play with. 
Yeah, it's it's like putting on some other team's uniform or something, going to a game or something. I can't bring yeah. myself to play anybody except with Roma. So Yeah, exactly. Steve, let's go to professionally now. You're with ESPN, and uh, we see that you're not the only soccer fan in the ESPN universe, but let's start with the guys you work with uh, directly, uh, directly, like with Ryan. Um, are they soccer fans, Serie A specifically? Do you come in super excited like yesterday, uh, super excited to talk Roma and no one knows who, who you're talking about? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's funny because our show is on from 1 to 4 Eastern uh, every day. And, I, and the, you know, the Champions League matches now for like a weird stretch started about 345. So it's mm-hmm. good because the show will mostly be over and I'll be able to watch at work. But when they, you know, when they're on at 245 and the show's going on and I'm trying to keep an eye on what's going on in, in all those Champions League games, specifically Roma, it's I, it's certainly distracting. But, <laughs> you know, the, I, the, all the people in the all the people know that I'm a Roma fan. Most of my coworkers know the deal. I've got a few guys that I work with who um, are fans of a bunch of squads over the world. I, I um, a Benfica fan, a uh, guy that I work with. Um, there's a Liverpool fan that I work with. There's a United fan that I work with. So we're kind of uh, well represented. I'm the only kind of Serie A guy, though, so I kind of hold that fourth down at ESPN. But Ryan himself is not. He's not a big soccer guy. Now, he will, he'll watch like the U.S. team. He'll watch the World Cup. And I know we'll get to this in a little bit, which is why it's so kind of devastating that they're not in it because it's like the casual fans not really watching. Right. But um, but there are there are a lot. There's a big soccer contingency at ESPN, um, even though we don't talk about it as much as maybe I think we should. All right. So you are planning the Syria f- flag at, uh, oh, at yeah. ESPN. Good to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how about in the broader ESPN universe? You do have some some uh, guys we're all very uh, familiar with, with Bob Lee, fellow New Jerseyan, Seton Hall guy, a big yep. fan of Bob, Taylor Twellman, uh, anyone else uh, uh, with 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 Calcio and and just uh, you know their their experience. Uh, you got some great soccer minds there. What's it like interacting with them? It's great. Um, Bob Lee, I've met a, a couple of times. Um, his nickname is the general around these parts because he's just <laughs> like the ultimate guy. Um, he's an incredible guy. It's funny. I, I had a lengthy conversation with Taylor Twelman after the U.S. didn't make the uh, didn't make the World Cup, and he's honestly he's he's so insightful. I know everyone looks at that rant that he went on on Sports Center right after, and is like this guy's insane. But he's actually maybe the most passionate guy about the U.S. team of anyone that I've ever met. Um, mm-hmm. And he's got a ton of great ideas that so people should start listening to him. Um, and the one guy that I absolutely love who fills in our sh- on our show from time to time, does some MLS broadcasting as well, but it's, it's uh, Max Bretos, who's a Sports Center host. Yep. He also does some of the uh, studio hosting for MLS. Max is a big West Ham fan. So right. I was kind of giving him some, some you know, uh, you know, give it to him a little bit about their their rough start in the EPL. But Max is honestly one of my favorite people at ESPN. He's a huge soccer fan. He knows every league, all the players, MLS in Europe. You know, international soccer, club soccer, no matter what. He's also one of the funniest people that I've ever met in my entire life as well. He does like these David Bowie impressions of like picking NFL games, and it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he is maybe the most underutilized guy we have, but. Um, uh, Brett, Brett Toss and I, we, we constantly talk about, you know, whether it's Champions League, whether it's Roma, whether it's West Ham, um, we're kind of all over the place. And he's he's an incredible guy to just kind of shoot it, shoot it around with. Tell, please tell Max, his goalkeeper, Joe Hart, Joey Bag of Donuts, as we like to call him. He learned everything about the technical parts of the game when he was with Torino uh, as a middle of the pack <laughs> oh, team yeah. last year. <laughs> well, he struggled now, didn't he? He struggled a little bit with them. I know oh, they, yeah. they, they was, never have a defense anyway, though. Yeah, couldn't couldn't last in Serie A. That's what we like to say. So he's back Shoot to the, the West Ham. Yep. yep, exactly. <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, how about you uh, personally, Steve? What brought you to ESPN? Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit about sports uh, growing up. You played, but you're living the dream here of, of working at ESPN, the starship. Uh, how'd you get started in your career? And, uh, you know, uh, where, do you, where do you think uh, soccer will go with ESPN? Well, it's, it's funny. I... I, I, as you said, I went to Quinnipiac, which is in, in Connecticut. It's like a, you know, a media, small, medium sized private school, big into communications. I kind of knew I always wanted to, to do sports to some extent, but I didn't really know that I wanted to do radio per se. Um, and in fact, there was a time in my life when I was, I was down in your parts. Uh, I was, I was living in DC. I went to school for a little bit down there as well as part of like, a, it wasn't quite a study abroad program, but I took some classes at Georgetown as well. And thought I wanted to do politics. So I was kind of all over the place for a while. I ended up, um, getting this job, you know, with, with ESPN radio. I was working, you know, to start, I was working overnights. I was running a, you know, running the audio board, producing some shows here and there from like, you know, 10, 10 PM to 6 AM. It was kind of a weird existence for a while there. Um, you know, cause I, cause I knew I loved sports and I, I knew I wanted to do this and, I did that for about a couple of years, and then I get I got hooked up with the uh, SVP and Rosillo show, which is honestly like the best thing that could have ever happened to me because, I mean, I've, I've, to this day I work on Ryan's show. He's one of my favorite people, if not my favorite person that you know that 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 is at ESPN. Van Pelt is one of the nicest people that you will ever meet. Go and he's now killing. Yeah, absolutely. Now he's he's killing <laughs> it on uh, on Sports Center with Stanford Steve and those guys. But um, so the, I ended up working on that show for a little bit, which was great. Then I got an opportunity to uh, work on Mike and Mike. Which was, which was different, fun, but very different. I found out early mornings were not for me. Um, I would rather stay up, I would rather stay up into the wee hours of the morning than wake up at, you know, four, three, four a.m. to do a show. So I kind of, you know, I, I took a little while, but I did find that out. So I was able to get back with Ryan and work in the afternoons and, uh, now doing a little bit of producing for, uh, for his show and which is, you know, what that entails is, you know, it's a lot, it's guest booking, it's topic ideas, it's, um, you know, making sure that all of our reads and billboards and this is and that we travel a little bit. We just went on a fall football tour where we were in, um, we, we actually went to Vermont, which is Ryan's alma mater. That's the first one we went to. Uh, we went to Dallas for Texas, Oklahoma. And then we most recently, um, where do we go? I'm trying, oh, Penn state, Ohio state and Columbus. So we've, we've been doing a lot of traveling and the shows have been great. And, uh, but it's been an interesting kind of journey to, to, to where I am now. Um, I tried to get, I, you know, every time there's a big soccer story or something happens, I try to like kind of get it in the rundown and see if they'll talk about it. And honestly, sometimes they do. And honestly, Ryan will ask me a lot of questions about things about Messi and Ronaldo and just kind of like, cause, cause at ESPN, like, you know, you have, you know, we have this basically internal wire with all these stories and, you know, th these guys are aware of a lot of the big soccer stars and they're aware of kind of like how, w which games are important. The thing that they can get, they get confused about a lot is like, what, what cup is this? Like, why are there so many cups? Like what, yeah. what is the FA cup? What is the super Italian, you know, the uh, Italian cup? What is like, you know, the, the world cup and they get all they're like, why are there so many cups? And I'm like, you just have to pick a team, follow yep. them, and, and then you'll be able to figure out why, like, the FA Cup is different from, like, winning the league or why, like, you know, the Champions League is different from the Europa League. Um, right. It's just hard to explain all that stuff to someone who doesn't understand kind of or, does, you know, doesn't, isn't living it every day or isn't a fan in that. But we're trying to get uh, we're trying to get as much soccer into the show as possible. So uh, I know there's a few MLS clubs that have sent us some stuff, some gear, like uh, Minnesota United has sent us some stuff, the new LAFC squad. Is, uh, has sent us a few different scarves and some shirts, so we've been rocking that and putting it on the set of our show. So we're trying to get as much soccer in as we possibly can, I promise you. That's, that's good to hear. I think I have the hook for you. The Roma, we don't say Lazio on our podcast. We say the other team from Rome, OTFR. Yep. <laughs> 
if you guys are traveling around the states, man, I think a trip to uh, to Rome, to Italy, that might get Ryan in on this. And uh, oh, just yeah, tell I mean, him. how could you not? Yeah, I mean, how could you not? Yeah, I'll have to put that one. The, see if we can get that one sponsored, and we'll go there. See, well, first, you know, Roman needs to get get themselves a sponsor, but see if we can get that sponsor, and we'll go across the uh, across the pond to check it out. I mean, I, it's I, I know for a fact that like, if these guys, if, if some of these guys went over there and watched and kind of absorbed some of what this culture is like, and and it, that is like European soccer. I mean, you can't help but fall in love with it because it's just so uh, passionate, and it's it's honestly it's not like, and you know this, it's just not like anything in the states. Like it's just so much more personal and you know i i know it's everything's a business this this, and that but you know like the 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 fact that rome has roma has like homegrown players who come up through the system like Ferenzi, de rossi obviously tati like it's it's there's really nothing like that in the states and it's just such a cool thing to experience yeah it gets in your blood man it's it definitely i mean I, we're all americans we grew up with the different sports but going over to rome and being part of the the, the games man it just it gets in your blood it absolutely does it's funny too because you know speaking of those three guys you know i know everybody everyone in roma loves to have like the romans in the squad and i've like somewhat become that guy even though i'm not i have no connection with rome whatsoever it's like yeah we need more italians we need more romans in the squad and you're like well you're from connecticut what are you talking about <laughs> all right like trust me we just need it uh yep that and uh and uh giuseppe rossi maybe <laughs> i would love giuseppe rossi so i i'd actually i would i mean i i, I wish the best for him because you know obviously I, speaking of guy I used to play with in fifa back in the day all the time but um i you know i, I wish him well I, I don't want him to go to napoli but if if he does go there and have success i'll be really happy for him yep yep forza babito that's right all right steve well we knew this was coming when we prepped for this. We got to talk about it. The other team that drives us crazy, the U.S. men's national team. Huh. In doing research uh, for this interview, I did stumble on your explanation on the Rosilla show of what it felt like when we lost the World Cup a few weeks ago. Just totally dejected, crushed, a feeling like what Jimmy Kimmel show does to those kids who are told their Halloween candy is gone the next day and uh, yeah. their parents ate it all. <laughs> so yep, how exactly. Not not to relive it again, but but how are you feeling? And and um, you know, let's just start there. Where what are you feeling as a U.S. men's national fellow fan? It, it was such a surreal night. I was in my bed watching the game, and it you know you're, you're you're kind of watching all the other all the other you know matches happen, and and then Panama takes a lead, and Honduras takes a lead, and then they give it back, both of them. And you're like, okay, we're okay. And then I think it was like the 84th minute, both of those teams go up and it, you, it, it hits you that like, wow, if, if we don't score a goal, we are not going to make the world cup because I feel like we've, we had been talking about it for so long when they, when they lost to Costa Rica, then they lost to Mexico. Everyone's like, Oh my God, they're going to miss the world cup. And you're like, there's so much time left. It's, it's probably not going to happen. Don't worry about it. And for it to all come and, and culminate in that moment, and then to just realize at the end of the 90 minutes that like we're not going to Russia, uh, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever felt anything like that in my entire sports you know fandom history, because it's obviously it's obviously every four years and it, it just felt like soccer in this country was gaining so much momentum and I was trying to explain this to Ryan and it's it's hard to do because I was, uh, we're explaining why this sets the sport back and I'm just it, it, the problem is that and he understands this to, to some extent but. You know, for instance, like the casual soccer fans, like Mike and Mike, per se, who are just going to watch for the World Cup, they're probably not going to watch anymore because the U.S. isn't in it because there's no real rooting interest for this country. So it's hard to it's hard to really, you know, get the interest back up when it felt like it was sort of peaking in this country. 
And for them to not, you know, and and then the, the biggest tragedy maybe of it all is that Christian Pulisic is going to miss a World Cup, you know, in, in his career, which I mean, you know, I know he's young and he'll, he'll have a few more after this. But, you know, a star like that, you never want to see somebody miss a World Cup. And I, you know, it took me days literally to get over this. I, I would, I, I would just, I would just think about it and be like, I cannot believe that next year at this time, like one of my favorite things that in 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 sports is going to happen as the World Cup, and you know the, the U.S. isn't going to be a part of it because I've obviously never experienced that in my life. And you know, four years ago was was incredible. I remember just going to bars and especially watching that Portugal match where they ended up drawing two two, and then um, you know moving ahead even though they had lost to Germany. It's just such a great moment for the for the country and for soccer fans here. And the outlaws are just doing such a great job of supporting and following the team that for them not to make it was, you know, honestly, absolutely devastating. And I, I don't know if it's going to get better or worse as we get closer. I, I imagine that like once the, you know, once you start seeing promos for the World Cup and then once they start actually playing, it's going to honestly, it probably will feel even worse because you're like, well, my team's not in it. Um, so. I don't know. We'll see. But at least, you know, we still have some hope. I, I do root for Italy as well. So there is still some hope that I'll have some sort of rooting interest. But who knows with, with Ventura and that team? Because, I mean, they are they look like an absolute mess with that 4-2-4 formation. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry I asked this question. I knew I needed to ask this question, but uh, it just it pains me. We're going to have the draw up here in December, and, and that's going to be a painful day. And then oh, yeah. the actual World Cup, it's, it's just going to be brutal, brutal. So... Misery loves company. Uh, I, that's that's where we are. Stay strong, U.S. men's national team fans. You did bring up the other game. Uh, well, I wanted to ask too, Steve. Of just you know, you're in you're in media, right? And so we know Fox has this uh, World Cup. It's going to potentially stagger the growth in the country, but just from a media perspective, I mean, what else? Are the the implications for for missing a World Cup here in the states for for fans. Yeah, I mean Fox. It's Fox's president, I believe. You know, months ago, had joked that if the U.S. didn't make the World Cup, that they basically flushed two hundred million dollars down the toilet. And he said it jokingly, but honestly, that's sort of true. You, you don't buy the rights in this country for the World Cup without the United States. Like, there's no point in that. Like, the, the whole reason that people watch it are going to be to watch the United States. And I've, you know, I've read a few things about how they're going to transition some of their coverage to El Tree and Mexico, and that's all on fine. And maybe their ratings will, you know, will be okay. But I mean, they, you know, they're, they're going to obviously be nowhere near where they would have been if the U.S. was in it. It also, from, you know, from an ESPN perspective, even though, even though we don't have the World Cup or the rights, I mean, we're still going to be talking about it. And it's one of those things where in radio and even really TV and Sports Center and all shows across ESPN, you know, when the World Cup's going on in the summer, you know, there's not a ton going on in the sports world. Like, obviously, it's not football season, American football season. You know, the NBA is over. You've got baseball going on, but we don't we honestly don't do a ton of day to day baseball talk. So there's actually a lot of room for, you know, soccer content in the summer, especially in a World Cup summer. And without the U.S. being in it, uh, I, I mean, you know, we'll cover it. And I know, you know, Taylor, I'm sure, and Bobby will be in Russia and they'll be doing, you know, live hits from there. But the coverage will be significantly, significantly less without the U.S. team being in it. And that's just sad because it's again, like that's a perfect example of how the sport in this state, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be covered as much and therefore can't grow as much. And kids who are looking to watch or be interested or are watching sports center or listening to our show who are like, Hey, what kind of sports should I follow or listen to or watch or participate in? Soccer is not going to be as you know on the forefront or the front of their minds as it would have been if the United States was in the group stage and even say they just got knocked out in the group stage. Um, so it is a bit of a bummer and the, the media coverage is going to be weird. And I, I honestly, it's, 
it's it's going to be weird that we have to wait another five years to really kind of to the peak of yeah to get to the peak <laughs> of American soccer and that's that's that in lies the problem is that five years from now we'll have to wait another five years for for American soccer to peak as far as like a television and you know public interest sort of standpoint. So crushing, uh, so crushing. Uh, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there. I, uh, every sentiment I, you described that was uh, that was exactly what I think we're all going through. And so. I think none of us ever thought it was going to happen, which is the worst part about it. And it's yeah. not like you don't, you don't want to be cocky and, and 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 think that you can never miss a World Cup. But you know, Concacaf is is a pretty easy thing to qualify for. So True. to finish second to last in that group is is honestly a, a drastic you know failure. And I and I've talked to a few guys, you know. Twelman being one of them, and just kind of trying to be like, "Hey, what, what, what do they need to go now? What, what, what do we need to do? Who's the coach we need to hire?" And Twelman was adamant that he's like, "It doesn't matter who the coach is; like, you just need to overhaul the entire system." That's uh, that's that's hopefully we're we're going towards change. We'll be seeing that in the next couple of months. All right, Steve. Well, with the U.S. men's national team officially out, we still have hope for one more rooting interest in Italy here, and so they've got a playoff game against Sweden coming up in uh, a couple weeks here in November. What do you think? Are we going to have any rooting interests in this World Cup being Italian-Americans now that the U.S. men's national team is out? You think Italy's going to break our hearts as well, or are they are going to make it? I, I, I hope they don't break our hearts because it'll be a weird World Cup if you have no rooting interest whatsoever. But I, I think they'll be okay. I, there's just too much. There's too much. They're just they're a better team. And um, you know, I, I think when they got drawn with Spain, it was one of those things where, you know, you probably figured Spain was the better team. So you're, this is probably the, you know, Italy was probably destined to be in this situation anyway. Uh, the, the, the one thing that worries me is, is Ventura, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to call him out and whatnot, but he just doesn't seem like the right man for the job, right? You go from, you go from Antonio Conte to, to him and it's, it's, it's quite the drop off. And I don't understand what he's doing with his midfield. I don't understand what he's doing with really any of the tactics that he has. But having said that, I think they'll get it together. I think they'll make the World Cup. And, you know, maybe they make a change going into the World Cup to, to try to better improve themselves. You can't really make a change now. But honestly, if they if they don't make the World Cup in the U.S. and Italy are both out of it, then it's going to be a weird it's going to be a weird uh, summer of 2018 for sure. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely brutal. So we hope we uh, we get this one done, but uh, it's going to be another heartbreaker. It's uh, it's to be Romanista fans, man. We we got some heartbreak here with uh, with all of our soccer teams. Absolutely, I know. It's uh, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where you know, does does he play De Rossi still in the midfield? Uh, Verratti's obviously there. They 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 have a lot of weird personnel issues, and I, I just wonder. You know, if, if if what what the exact fit is, and I know it's his job to sort of figure that out, and we just haven't really done that yet. So uh, the talent is there; they should they should be talented enough to move on. Hopefully, hopefully you're right. Well, Steve, we really appreciate you taking the time here, giving us some insight on ESPN and the Serie A, and of course, talking about our beloved Roma. Thank you so much for joining us, Curve Americans. We encourage you all check Steve out on ESPN's The Ryan Rosillo Show. Continue to plant that Serie A flag up there at ESPN, Steve. We'd love to hear that. I will try. (laughs) As always, man, Forza Roma. Forza Roma. All right, thanks. 